Every single thing you have ever done wrong or ever will do wrong is because of a lack of skepticism. Welcome to the Reason to Doubt podcast with your hosts, Jordan and Jared. Today, we thought we'd take a break from bashing conspiracy theorists and religious people and instead turn against the only people who are inclined to like us. Uh, seemed like a good idea when we talked about it. Yeah. Less so now. <laughs> now now we're having second thoughts, but we're going to yeah. march on anyways. Uh <laughs> So we're going to take a look at you know common atheist misconceptions about religions. Uh, basically, these are things that we think atheists say all the time that they should stop saying because it doesn't really uh, reflect all of atheism because you can't really reflect all of atheism. But I think it gives atheists and agnostics and skeptics a bad name too because it often presents out – they're the ones being presented to the world uh, and that's what religious people see and we want to kind of squash some of these bugs. Yeah, this episode was pretty difficult, like coming up with this list, because it's always hard to turn the camera around, so to speak, and, you know, look at your own flaws. So uh, we also enlisted a couple theist friends of ours, Titus and Art, uh, because if you want to know what you're messing up, go talk to somebody who doesn't agree with you. Yeah. Well, the other thing to say about that too is like it was was helpful to ask uh, a couple religious people what they thought, but also... Religious people tend to point out things that um, maybe we don't always get wrong. Like maybe it's stuff that atheists say all the time, but sometimes those things that they say are true. So we had to like really parse out like some some of the statements and, and claims. Uh, but before we get into our top nine, we have nine, right? Because we were too lazy to come up with 10. Yeah, 10 was way too hard. So Right, so we stopped at nine. Before we get into our top nine things that atheists screw up, Today's episode is brought to you by the argument from fallacy, otherwise known as the fallacy fallacy. This has fallacy written all over it. <laughs> so this is one of my favorite fallacies just because of its funny name. But basically, an argument from fallacy goes, you, other person, my interlocutor, you made an argument that had a conclusion. Your argument was fallacious. Therefore, your conclusion is false. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what if they got lucky and their conclusion was right, but their argument was fallacious? Then their argument is still fallacious, which means you can't draw any logical conclusions from that argument. Uh, but that means you can't draw any. Doesn't mean you can draw <laughs> the other way, you yeah. know? Yeah. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Exactly. So like if someone came up with a ridiculously convoluted argument that was nonsense and all kinds of wrong and their conclusion was, therefore, humans are mammals. Well, their argument can be screwed up, but their conclusion is still true. Yeah. They may not know it. Like, we well, we know that, but yeah. <laughs> or maybe their conclusion is, therefore, humans evolved from apes, you know, whatever their conclusion is. So you can't reject a conclusion because the argument is false. It doesn't mean you should accept the conclusion. Right. You should go back to the drawing board, reformulate your argument so it's not fallacious. <laughs> right. All right. So with that out of the way, uh, let's go swinging in hard with number one. Talking about an argument from fallacy. <laughs> uh, here's <laughs> something that atheists say. Uh, they often claim that people who are religious 
They're only religious because they're gullible. They're irrational. They aren't critical. They don't think. They just kind of blindly believe everything that their parents told them, et cetera, et cetera. This isn't necessarily true. I mean, I'm sure there are some religious people out there who are gullible, just as much as there are atheists out there who are gullible. And Um, there are religious people who believe what they believe simply be for no other reason than that's what they were taught just as they're going to be atheists who were raised atheists and have just never really thought about it right you now. Yeah. So like you said, not every atheist is an atheist for good reasons, just as there aren't any, not every theist is a theist for good reasons as well. So, right. And it's also important to remember that just because someone disagrees with you doesn't mean they're unreasonable or irrational. They could be mistaken like I often disagree with the reasons that my friends have for believing the way that they do. That doesn't mean that they're gullible idiots. It just means we disagree. Yeah. I think that I think they're wrong, but you can be wrong and also not an idiot. Yeah, I'm wrong I, all the time. <laughs> I remember when I was coming like to terms to grips with being an atheist. I was looking at some of my friends and and you know schoolmates and things like that who were extremely intelligent, like some of the smartest people I know. And I was like, how could these people be so smart and still get it wrong? And like, so there are really, really smart people out there. In fact, some of the greatest scientists in the history of the world have been Christians. Right. Or religious people. Yeah. Or religious people of some persuasion. So even the, the takeaway here is don't be a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can believe someone's wrong and have a cordial, rational discussion with them as long as they're, you know, rational. Yeah. And the thing we want to say to atheists, stop blanket making blanket statements about religious people. Yeah, we're going to circle back around on that one. But you want to thin your brush a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and that's not to say like, we joke around all the time. We make fun of everybody. But we make fun of ourselves quite often. <laughs> yeah. Uh, But anyway, enough on that. So speaking of religion and being for gullible idiots, the next thing that is often thrown about, particularly on websites like r slash atheism and stuff like that, is that religion was invented to control people. Yeah, You may uh, have heard the statement, uh, religion is the opium of the people or the opiate of the masses. It's been said a couple of different ways, but it was originally put forth by Karl Marx. That's kind of where this idea came from. Uh, so the idea here is that uh, religion is used to control behavior and thought. And so that is why it was developed. Th- th- this isn't like a, um academic argument, so it's not like there's a formal structure yeah. to it. But basically, the idea is that some guys in a smoky room with cigars came up with this idea of a, you know, invisible man in the sky in order to enforce their will on the people. Yeah, this is very much a conspiratorial kind of uh, claim that's being made by atheists a lot. So, Um, yeah, and and it's old, too. It's not something new. This is something that like it's not like they think this happened in the 1950s. This is something they thought happened long ago, like, you know, Byzantine Empire, like kind of stuff like. But there's a lot of problems. First of all, you'd have to go much further than the Byzantine Empire because religion has been around as long as humans have been around. Not necessarily organized religion like Christianity, but um, yeah, and you find religions amongst all the different cultures of the world. Every anytime there's been a culture or a group or a tribe of people, they come up with a religion. It's not necessarily a religion with a god like you have in Christianity, 
like that there's a huge amount of variety, but they have some kind of belief system that brings them together. So it seems extraordinarily unlikely. I mean, it would have to have at least gone back to, you know, um, Thog, who just, you know, came out of the trees <laughs> and just, you know, decided this is a good idea. Um, basically, there's, it doesn't seem like that's how religion came about. There's, no. we don't know how because it's been around forever and it's hard to figure out how things that old came about. But there's two trains of thought. Either it was an adaptation, meaning religion, at least in the past, posed some kind of benefit and that's why it evolved over and over and over again. Or, religion evolved from something else that itself had a benefit and it was yeah, just like, kind of like a byproduct like there's been people out there who said like there's like a religious gene in the humans which make us very susceptible susceptible to believing it in some sort of religion i guess but and then there's also you know you could say that just it helps people get together to have something to co- coalesce around something to believe in and helps the tribe stay strong so right uh, anything one of the arguably the greatest advantage that humans have over all other animals is cooperation. Like the, the reason that we survive humans on their own are weak and soft and not very effective. Oh man. I watched survivor, man. You ever watch him less? Yeah. He's good. He is. I doubt he'd be able to fight off a lion reliably on his own though. Oh, that's true. But you get a tribe of humans together and they can beat that lion's ass. <laughs> uh, and another stuff it mounted on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Towards the the byproduct thing, a common story for how we evolved is that we evolved to make false positives to attribute agency where they're not ne- there wasn't necessarily any agency to begin with. The story goes, you know, imagine you are a humanoid on the plains of Africa and you hear a rustle in the grass. Do you assume it's a lion or the breeze? If you assume it's a lion. And it was, in fact, the breeze. So if you attribute agency and there wasn't any, you run away and you're fine. No big deal. Yeah. If you go the other way and assume it was the breeze and it was, in fact, the lion, you die and you don't pass on your genes. Yeah. So the evolution pressure pressures there are like you live to tell another day. Live right. To the, live another day. Anyways. Attributing agency where there isn't any is a low-cost mistake. Failing to attribute agency where there is some is a high-cost mistake. So It is the OG Pascal's wager. Exactly. Right. So anyway, religion probably not invented artificially, probably evolved naturally for some kind of beneficial reason. But, but religion is really bad, though. I mean, like it poisons everything. <laughs> uh, Christopher Hitchens, which actually was the, when that was the book I was reading, right? When yeah. right before you converted to atheism. Yeah. And then yeah. I, I borrowed it. And then it was like the nail in the coffin. It was like. I remember warning you when you when you picked it up. You're like, "Can I read this?" I was like, uh, "He is not very gentle, too." Yeah. Well, at, and, and at this time, Jordan knew that I was like in seminary, training to become a chaplain. So like, he's like, <laughs> like you probably shouldn't touch that. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's kryptonite. Right. Uh, yeah. So the idea is that religion is a hundred percent evil, has no value. Um, it poisons everything, and the world would be categorically better if it were gone. Yeah, we're not making this claim, by the way. This is a claim right. that atheists make. <laughs> we are atheists. We are atheists, but not all atheists make yeah. this claim. Uh, so I, I think I could probably go as far to say I think the world would be generally better off if religion were put aside, simply because I think their conclusions are false, and I think that we'll make better decisions with true conclusions. However, I think you'd have to reject 
the clear evidence in front of you to say that religion doesn't do anything good. Yeah. I mean, just think about how many churches and religious organizations in the world do things uh, just for charities. Like they have charities, food banks, coat drives, homeless shelters, um, orphanages, you know, Tons all kinds of hospitals, of hospitals uh, a lot of medical organizations that go to like third world and developing countries are religiously based. Um, St. Jude's yeah. here in the, in the States. So that's not to say that we couldn't do all those same things without require, without a deity or believing there was a deity. Like we don't need religion to do these things. And atheists are also have organizations that do the same thing, but not anywhere near on the same scale. Yeah. At least not yet. Um, so it's debatable whether the sins of religion outweigh these benefits, but you know, you have to, you have to have both sides of that equation. You can't just pretend that there's nothing but bad. Yeah, you, you don't get to go around saying that religion has no value and it poisons everything when there's clearly examples of religion doing good right. in the world. And this is an example of, I mean, Christopher Hitchens was a very. Uh, I don't think Hitchens actually believed this, by the way. I no, think he, he he was fond of using hyperbole yeah. to make a point. So, like, I don't think if you'd really gotten Hitchens to be serious that he would have said that it there was zero value because he wasn't an idiot he was like a shock jock though but like in like kind the educational of, yeah. world <laughs> right right he would yeah he he would say things just to shock you and and like go further than was reasonable in order to you know grab your attention yeah um but you you want to be careful making arguments like that because you know as soon as you're shown to be wrong even if it's you know your conclusions aren't necessarily affected it ruins your credibility yeah so, now that we've beaten the hell out of atheists on the uh, emotional level, let's turn to some facts that they get wrong. Yeah, one of the facts, and this one is probably the one that I hear the most, is that the uh, the Council of Nicaea. You guys have heard of this. It was actually done in 325 CE, but uh, was where they decided what books were going to be in the Bible. Like they decided that Jesus was God, and that this is. This is the Bible. We just put all these books together and we threw out the stuff we didn't like so we could have one big chunk. And, and it was a close vote, the story goes. Yeah. So like Christians were like wrestling over this thing. And like the reason we don't have all of these other books and the reason that the Bible all says kind of the same thing is because this small group of priests in Nicaea decided it. Yep. Which is could be farther from the truth. <laughs> uh, uh, I think we have Dan Brown to thank for this. Yeah, and the I, Da Vinci Code. And the Da Vinci Code. Because yeah. prior to the Da Vinci Code, probably if you'd asked a random person, I mean, well, probably if you asked a random person on the street, they still wouldn't know what the Council of Nicaea is. But I guarantee the percentage that would know what it is or think they know what it is, much higher after that book. Yeah, I mean, if the book if the book was extremely popular and then the movie like just blew yeah. it out the water. So everybody Which, knew about it. It's, it's a very entertaining movie. Like yeah. the, the, the book and movie are both great, but they're not history. So here's the actual history. Here's what actually happened. So at this time, uh, the Roman Empire was still strong. You had Constantine was in charge, the first Christian Roman emperor. And there was a problem uh, in the Christian church at the time. There were two camps. The It was called the Arian Controversy because the priest that was uh, furthering this controversy was named Arius. He was from Alexandria in Egypt. And so this was causing strife in the church and Constantine wanted the church to be unified. So he, as the emperor, 
called this council so they could hash it out. He's like, I don't care what you decide, just figure it out. He's like, you guys are splitting my empire up and this is not cool. Right. Uh, So the thing that they were deciding was not whether Jesus was God. There were 318 priests or bishops there and 318 of them believed that Jesus were God. Yeah. Every single one. There was not a single person there who didn't believe that. They were trying to figure out how how God was he? Right, right, right. Well, like, is he God, God, or is he, you know, just kind of God, you and, know? And did he become God before or after? Was he always God? Like, Right. So the question was, Jesus is God, but when did he become God, and what is his relationship to God the Father? So if you are not American or maybe you're not familiar with Christian theology, in the Orthodox view of today— God is a single entity composed of three beings, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are co-equal and co-eternal, which means they lasted, they're the same thing all the way to eternity past. They've always existed. That's what is orthodox today. Arius said, however, no, God is in fact a father, like actually a father in the same sense that we think it. So the Son was born of the father the same way that a son is born of fathers in humans. And that happened at some time in eternity past. And Jesus was there and helped his dad make the universe, you know, maybe like held the bucket so that he, the bolts would drop in it or whatever, you know, helped his daddy out forming the universe, screwed on the porcupine quills or something. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but they're not equal. And Jesus wasn't there forever. God is on top, God the Father is on top, and the Son is subservient. That was the Arian view. I bet if you were to poll Christians today, a lot of people would still give an answer similar to Arian. You know, it's funny, uh, as I've taken taken more of an interest in first century, particularly Christian history, but early Christian history in the Roman period, there are a lot of, of heresies that I have heard in church. Like, oh, there yeah. are a lot of people who are heretics by the, the definition, for sure. Like, like people were burned at the stake for this stuff, and now it's like mainstream Christianity. Yeah. Well, so this council, I mean, like, it obviously didn't go Arius's way. He he got voted against, like, handedly. Like, they voted against him, and um, I don't remember what the vote count was, but... Uh, 20 to 318. Well, th- there were 318 votes. 20 of them went to Yeah, Arius. so he basically just got yeah. shut down. But... Arius actually had a very popular view going, and this wasn't like a small thing. Like it was very popular. And that's the reason they had the council to begin with is because he was literally tearing the empire apart in the church. It's, and even though this vote went against Arius, uh, the Arian view continued to be prevalent in the church long after the council uh, to the point where there was another emperor, I forget which one, who wasn't Arian and tried to like re-roll back the the clock, but it didn't work. And, you know, the Orthodox is what it is, but... Anyways, yeah, well, it goes to show you that, like, um, this stuff was crazy. There was a lot of pressures from, obviously, Constantine to get an answer. And so, like, who knows if they were voting based on, like, good evidence or you never know. But another thing that they didn't decide is what books would be in the Bible. They didn't talk about it at all. Didn't even come up because it wasn't the point. Uh, The the canon, so the, the books of the New Testament right now, the Christian New Testament has 27 books. Uh, and those 27 books weren't 
found at the Council of Nicaea. They'd been around for you know centuries at that point, but people didn't use just those twenty-seven books. There was all kinds of books. Uh, books by Clement. There were some other like accounts of Jesus's infancy, and there was no like you couldn't go down to the local bookstore and pick up a Bible and get one thing. Yeah, you would go to a, any church, and every church would have a different collection of books that they use in their teachings based on right. whatever their priest or whatever liked. Right. So the first time anybody or we have any record of someone saying this is the Bible and it matches what our Bible is today, the twenty-seven books was Athanasius, also of Alexandria, and that was in 367, like 40 years after the council. But that wasn't like, oh, this guy, Athanasius, said it, we're done. Like, that, was just the, that was just the first time that somebody said this 27 was good, but there yeah. were still all kinds of people using all kinds of different books for centuries. It wasn't an official thing, I think, until like the Catholic Church way later on, like codified it somehow but yeah it, it wasn't like like by the time this it, the official official thing we'd pretty much settled on the new testament but like the catholic church didn't say it is these and no more and that's it until like the 17th century yeah, like it was way a later. long time so so stop saying that the christians only had the bible because it was a conspiracy theory and they were trying to throw out some stuff stop saying it that there was certainly like the by the, the books that were deemed heretical by the people who won were put out of circulation, but it wasn't because of some council of bishops. It's just the natural order of things. Yeah. The, to the victor goes the spoils. Yeah, basically the, the popular people become Orthodox. Yeah. So speaking of historical things that atheists get wrong, that is the single bi biggest fact, like the, the one thing I hear all the time, but the position that is so prevalent among atheists, it's not even funny. It's it's like a religion almost. Is uh, that Jesus didn't exist? He was a myth, right? So this is known as mythicism. And if you go on r slash atheism, which is if you're not familiar with Reddit, that's the subreddit, the thread, the group for atheists, and you dare suggest that maybe Jesus was a real person, you should try it as an experiment. Yeah, yeah. If you don't care about your karma because you're going to get <laughs> downloaded into oblivion. I know because I've done it. Uh, yeah. So if you're not familiar with mythicism, basically it's the idea that there was no person, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth. He never existed. That uh, the story of Jesus was made up by someone or some group of someone's typically in the first century, but they're not necessarily and somewhere along the way, the fact that this story was an allegory or was referring to a higher spiritual truth or whatever model you prefer got lost because it was um, it was like a secret teaching. And eventually the people who knew it was a secret, they, they went away. And so everyone yeah. was just kind of left with what we have now. And and now we just believe it. So this was this has been a popular thing for a long time in the atheist community, but it really hit full steam when Richard Carrier came out with his book, uh, uh, probably 10 years ago at this point. I don't remember, but um, he has two books on the subject, uh, proving history and on, on the, the history of, of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which are good reads. I've actually covered really, it. We have covered it. Yeah. yeah. So we won't spend a ton of time on like the, the evidence uh, you can go look at it, read it, listen to our other podcasts for more evidence uh, that you should definitely read it, but the it's books, long. they're, they're very long and they're one-sided. 
Yeah, they're they're coming from a mythicist who is not completely forthcoming forthcoming about the evidence against his position. <laughs> uh, when I was first like looking into first century history, cause I hadn't really looked into it, Carrier's book because every atheist I knew was all about it. Right. So Carrier's book was, was the one of the first ones I read. And as I was reading, I was like, wow, this is, this is like, it's damning. It's, it's very damning. Like, yeah, yeah. Th- this is an open and shut case. Like, you know, his, arguments he's very erudite he he has a lot of really cool pieces of history and he ties it together and i was like man that this is very persuasive and then after i was like mulling that about i thought okay well no historian of jesus is convinced convinced of this no historian of jesus is convinced of this why is that why does every expert disagree with this because they're all christians jordan yeah, that's the answer that everyone was giving me. But I decided, you know what? Let me go see why they're convinced. And it turns out the answer is because it's bullshit. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of really strong pieces of evidence against it, which we've hit in the past. But Jesus had a brother. Um, he was talked about, you know, historically in non-biblical um, documents. Principally you know. Josephus, yeah. who was a Jewish historian. And Paul, who writes extensively in the New Testament in his letters, met people who personally knew Jesus and talks and, about it. And met his brother. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty damning. You, you can't have a brother if, if you didn't exist. Yeah. You know. So, I, I think having looked into it now, I I think it's fair to say, I, I don't think mythicism is as insane as I would have thought before I looked into it at all. Like, you can, you can pull enough threads of gossamer to weave a, a blanket with it and you know come up with your model if you want but you have to ignore some pretty like incredible pieces of evidence in order to, to come to that conclusion yeah I, I think this is another one of those conspiracy theory kind of things too and you get in those conspiratorial mindsets and it just it's so easy to just explain these things away one of the reasons i think this is so prevalent i'm going to put on my armchair you know quarterback um psychoanalysis hat here is that it's really if you were a Christian before and you deconverted to atheism and you're still struggling with some of these things and somebody comes along and tells you that it's a myth and have a pretty, pretty decent argument, it's a lot easier for you to then be like, yeah, totally a myth. I'm gonna it makes my atheism that much more strong, you know? Right. It, it kind of twists the knife a little bit. Yeah. Not only are you wrong, you believe in a fairy tale. Yeah. You know. So. And I, this, I think, is a great example of a lack of skepticism in the atheist community. Right. Because they just taking something hearsay or at face value without actually examining it to see if it holds water. Yeah. And like I said, it's a very compelling argument until you read the counter arguments, which you should do. You should never accept something as truth unless you've examined both sides. And it's very clear that most of the people who spout this have not examined both sides. And there's, it's like dogma. If you dare to to suggest that they might be wrong, they won't attack the position. I've gotten called, you know, that I'm a fake atheist. I didn't really deconvert because I still believe in Christian. <laughs> no true Scotsman on the atheist. Yeah, it's, You're yeah, not no a real Scotsman. atheist. Exactly. Like it, nobody was talking about the the historical evidence, which is what I wanted to talk about. They were all talking about how I wasn't really an atheist because yeah. if I was really an atheist, I'd be. Uh, all about you'd be it. a mythicist exactly 
the last thing I want to say on this, if you really want to see two atheists debating this, watch the Bob Price and Bart Ehrman debate where they talk about it. And Ehrman mops the floor with Bob Price. Uh, right. It's almost embarrassing. Right. Bob and Price is a mythicist, by the way. Bob Price is a, is a mythicist. And Ehrman, if you haven't heard of him, is an atheist. He happens to be an atheist, but he's a, uh, a New Testament scholar. Yeah, he's a premier New Testament scholar specializing in Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and textual criticism. Yeah. So, so, Jesus definitely existed. He was a real person. Probably didn't walk on water or split loaves, but real Probably dude. wasn't there at the beginning of the universe. Also that. Which leads into our next topic. <laughs> right. Uh, so this one is a little bit trickier. So this, the headline here is atheists often speak as if the multiverse is a proven fact that definitely exists. Yes. So if you're not familiar with cosmology, uh, there are a lot of different, if you're not familiar with what cosmology is, cosmology is the study of how the universe came about, like the physics of the very early universe. And one model for how the universe is, it's called the multiverse. So basically there's different ways to get there, but basically our universe you know, the, the, the space time that you can see around earth and stuff is only one small part of the larger actual universe. And the laws of physics may be different in different regions. So you, you can't do this because of the expansion of space and you, you can't go travel faster than light. But if you could travel faster than light and you could go far enough, then under some conceptions, of the multiverse, if you went far enough, you might cross into a different universe. Yeah, um, if you should just eat some shrooms or smoke some pot and then talk about it. Right. But um, and that, now, now everything I just told you is our models that are talked about by physicists, and they have like they're published in peer-reviewed papers. So it's not that atheists are completely making this up. Yeah, these are hypotheses, hypotheses, hypotheses. Yes, <laughs> not theories, um, but there there are conceptions of like how the universe began or is eternal or all kinds of different things. And the reason this is popular amongst atheists is because it kind of takes God out of the equation, right? Like if you could just say, well, the multiverse, like, boom, you don't need a God because the multiverse is eternal. It's like fine tuning goes out the window because, uh, the idea of fine tuning is that the, the universe is perfectly tuned for life. And isn't that amazing? And that's well, not true for other reasons, yeah. but the In multiverse, the multiverse the multiverse yep. takes care of it because, well, if you have, you know, infinite universes, some of them are going to be good for life. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, probably a bunch of them. Probably a bunch of, probably an infinite amount if you have an infinite yeah. universes. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, and that may be true. All of this may be true. And may is the key word there. But what happens is when an atheist, we're not, we're not making blanket statements here, but oftentimes atheists will get in an argument with a religious person and they will default to the multiverse as like a argument stopper. They shut down the conversation with the multiverse. Right. Where the appropriate thing to do is say, I don't know because Neither we don't do know you. <laughs> and say, here is a plausible alternative for that. Here's models that, that might give a natural pathway to addressing your concern, but we don't know. Right. 
And you're getting ready to do a debate uh, where this may come up as one of your talking points. Yes. By the time this podcast has been published, the debate will be out. And yes, I I will probably be talking about the multiverse. And I'll be very explicit that we don't know that it's it's (laughs) true. Uh, So basically, the the moral of the story here is don't claim more than you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, Don't pretend to have knowledge you don't have. So we've talked about... Uh, how atheists are terrible for being terrible to religious people. And then we've talked about some factual things atheists get wrong. So let's go back to atheists being terrible people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this one, uh, we, we have it titled as, To get a good man to do bad things, for that you need religion. This is a quote from Christopher Hitchens. And the idea is like, an only way to get somebody to, to do something horrible is for them to have religion as a motivator. Um, this kind of goes into the religion poisons everything kind of stuff, but kind of the same vibe. The idea is that uh, they'll point to things like the Crusades, uh, where Christians slaughtered thousands of Muslims and Jews, not just soldiers but civilians, and they'll point to the Inquisition or the Salem witch trials and all of these things that religious people have done in the name of their religion, and from that they'll infer that therefore. If you want to get someone to commit genocide or whatever, then the only way to do that is if you have the almighty God on your side. I mean, they're not wrong. Which I'm not going to lie, it helps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> if I'm going to try to get, get somebody to commit genocide, having, I mean, Jordan's saying it, I mean, whatever, but like if the almighty creator of the universe is down with it, well, then I guess it's all right, you know. And there are certainly examples from history of awful things that religious people have done. The Crusades, the Inquisition, Hitler was backed by the the Catholic Church. If you want to go into the Bible, you've got the Amalekites. But yeah. Anyway, with all that to be said, though, uh, it may be true that religious people have done horrible things in the past, but it can also be said that non-religious and sometimes atheists have done horrible things as well. I mean, uh, just look at like the Communist Party in China, for example. Um, they've done some pretty who oppressive are atheists. Things. Doesn't matter that they're currently committing genocide against the Uyghur Muslims. Yeah, uh, and it, it's happening like right now as we're speaking, and nobody seems to be doing anything about it. But um, it's very sad. Joseph Stalin yeah. is another talking point that Christians will bring up. You know, like Stalin committed mass murder and genocide, and he was an atheist. So, like. I think there is a salient difference. The Communist Party, I don't think, is doing these things in the name of atheism. It's more they've set up a religion of sorts of the state. So the state is the only authority that's allowed to exist. And so they are stomping out the competition. Yeah. So they are furthering atheism kind of, but it's not some kind of principled view. They're not doing it because – they think that religion is wrong. They're doing it because religion is actually a competitor. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great way to say it. It's not because they philosophically think religion is wrong. It's because religion takes away from their power base and that can't happen. So the, the takeaway here is that what's really causing both problems, both the religious atrocities and the non-religious atrocities is unquestioning obedience to some authority, whether that authority be an unseen God, usually with a mouthpiece that you can see, or being the state or the government or whomever. Yeah. 
so you, you don't just make blanket statements that you know it takes a a good man it takes religion to make a good man do a bad thing don't don't say that instead say that we should always question authority and don't take an action that we that if if it came from another source you believe would be evil that that's a good indication that maybe you shouldn't do it if the high priest is telling you that god really wants you to go kill all the amalekites well if god wasn't saying it we wouldn't be down so maybe we shouldn't be down and don't kill your son because god said it right and also don't kill the Uyghur muslims because the state said it's okay you know same thing so we talked about painting people with broad brushes uh so this is one that came so that that past one credit words do that came from my conversation with titus uh this next one came from our conversation with art who's been on the podcast before and the thing he wanted to talk about was uh that or or he perceives hap- that atheists have said is that all religious people are the same so uh assuming that every religious person, for example, is a creationist, that they all believe that the earth is 6,000 years old, or that they all want to convert you to their religion, or they all think that homosexuality is wrong. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the thing is you think that they think they do. Right. Just not everybody does it, but yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. in Art's experience, he, he feels like a lot of times atheists just make these blanket statements and just kind of group everybody into one lump thing and it's not fair um and it's not true it's yeah and you're it's a conversation ender if you start attributing things to someone before you've even heard out what they believe then you're not going to make it very far in your conversation yeah some of those things are are very polarizing but then there's other stuff that maybe you wouldn't even think about like uh inerrancy for example like it may be easy to say well if you're religious or you're uh you know a judeo-christian persuasion that you think that the bible is literally true like uh, it may be easy to say that but that's not the case either so yeah many christians believe that but there are other christians where if you said well how come the bible has contradictions they're going to respond well because it was written by humans yeah you know? <laughs> or, uh, the the um what is it not the the talmud which is jewish says that god put those contradictions in there for us to wrestle with so we could have a better understanding so they yeah. were put there on purpose I mean, sometimes you can't even say that religious people believe in God. I have a good friend of mine who's a Jewish, and he's an atheist. And he said, I'm pretty sure my rabbi's an atheist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting talking to him. He's like, being in, he he said, for for most Jews, and not all Jews, of course, but for the Jews that he interacts with, he said that- All Jews, Jordan. All of them. (laughs) Right. 100% of them. Uh, He, in his experience- whether or not you believe in God is almost like nobody cares. It, it's like not even a thing that they talk about because for them, it's all about doing the right things, actions, and then tradition and things like that. Or for, again, for his sect of Judaism or so. his, or his little, not even maybe his whole sect, but maybe just the people he hangs around. Right. The, the takeaway here is if you're going to talk to somebody, don't assume you know what they think before they tell you, give them a chance to explain what they think, you might learn something. Yeah, you might learn. And a then, lot. once they told you why they're wrong, then you know. Then, then you go ahead tell and them. Yeah. Let them have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we save, <laughs> we save the our. I don't want to say the best because I, I think it's the worst actually. Uh, we saved the worst for last, and that is we think a lot of atheists 
make the statement that no God exists. So a lot of atheists take a hard atheist position about every deity, basically. I could go both ways, actually, about that. Like, many atheists, in terms of, like, absolute numbers, say this. And I think they often tend to be the most vocal. Because it's it's not a very nuanced position. Yeah. Well, I guess we're talking specifically about things that atheists say all the time. You know, like... And the, and the vocal ones are the ones that are out there bashing people over the head, I guess. You know? Right. So Yeah. So... Hard atheism means you are claiming that there is no God, as opposed to soft atheism, where you just don't believe in a God. That may seem like a fine distinction, but there's actually a huge difference. Yeah. I would probably loop these uh, atheists into the gullible category that we put the Christians in earlier. <laughs> they haven't thought uh, yeah, about honestly, it. Honestly, because, yeah, and again, let me draw a distinction between someone who believes that a specific conception of God doesn't exist. Because if you told me that you believe in a God that is perfectly loving and also loves to torture puppies, I would tell you that that God doesn't exist. I am a hard atheist with regards to that God. Yeah. Because it's contradictory. Right. So it's one thing to say, well, your particular statement you just made is a contradictory statement. Therefore, I don't believe, I think you're wrong. That God or that model doesn't exist. But it's very different to say every God that could possibly be conceived of, I know that all of them are false for a fact. There's no way anybody could ever know that. Like if you knew that you would be God yourself. Exactly. You'd have to possess every shred of knowledge in the universe in order to be certain. And I think part, some of it can be arrogance because they presume they do have all this knowledge. Some of it might be an a problem with definitions where mm-hmm. like I might in very casual conversations say that there's no God, you know, just kind of, if I'm just chatting with someone. But if you like nailed me down to specifics and I'd be, well, I'm not saying there's no God. I'm saying I don't believe in one. I see no reason to believe in one. Right. I'd say that there is no God in the same sense that I don't think that Santa Claus is real, even though I don't know for sure. Yeah, I think and I think, too, if we actually nailed some of these people down and asked them, they they wouldn't actually believe that no God exists. Um they just talk as if no God exists and they haven't really thought about like what that means to make that claim. Right. So on the flip side, since we've been bashing atheists for the last nine points, uh, the religious people who may be listening to this also need to be careful not to paint with too large a brush. I cannot tell you how many religious people I have spoken to who have said, Oh, you're an atheist. Well, how could you possibly know that God doesn't exist as if I believe this? And even worse, I've had a Christians where, I'm, where they tell me that, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Here's what I mean when I say atheist, and here's what, in my experience, most, most atheists mean. And they say, well, you're wrong. You don't believe that, or you're not an atheist. And I'm like, like screw you, man. Like, I just told you what I believe. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that, that um, perspective from the religious side is prevalent because of atheists out there who are making these, you know, hard atheist claims. So. Right. So uh, on the atheist side, if you guys could make some more nuanced claims and be a bit less uh, quick on the draw, that'd be great. And on the religious side, if you could not lump all of us in with the zealots, that would also be great. Well, I've heard uh, some Christians and some religious people, most of them are Christians that I talk to, but say that the only reason that we claim to be atheist agnostic or agnostic atheist is because it's an easier position to justify, right? Like I actually – 
I actually am a hard atheist, but you say you're agnostic atheist because that way you don't have to take the burden of proof on. Like, well, that's not the reason why, but I Guilty. can understand why you would think that. One hundred percent, because it's easy. That's why I do it. Yeah. No, I. I mean, I do it because. That's your actual position. I mean, because it's, it's that's my, my position. I don't have the evidence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry that my nuanced position doesn't please you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I I get it. It can be uh, frustrating to always have to, to accept the burden of proof. But I mean, that's what happens when you yeah. believe in something. If you want to talk about like, is nuclear power safe? I'll take the burden of proof of that all day long. Or the office is better than you know Parks and Rec. I mean, that's I, I'd take that position any day of the week. I could prove it. Yeah. Yeah. I would also take up that burden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, objectively it is. Parks and Rec is great, but you know, yeah, it's no office. I actually, I'm agnostic on (laughs) on that subject, but (laughs) anyways, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's our list. There's, there's nine things that we think atheists, uh, make claims about a lot of times or things that they get wrong and we wish they would stop doing it because one, it gives us a bad name. Two, if they actually held a more skeptical position, they may come to find a better understanding of what they believe uh, and actually have maybe, you know, get other people to believe in, in things as well that are more founded in truth. You know, if you th- if you think about it, every single one of these is because of a lack of skepticism. It really is. If you really think about it. If, yeah. yeah, they're... If they were skeptical about the claim that all religious people were gullible, they'd find non-gullible religious people. If they were skeptical about the claim that the Council of Nicaea determined those things, they'd find that all of it, every single thing you have ever done wrong or ever will do wrong is because of a lack of skepticism. And that's why we have a podcast. That's my claim. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's my claim. Anyways, so that's our show, guys. Thanks for sticking with us to the end. As always, if you disagree with us, if you think that, I don't know, there's something we missed off the list, there's something else annoying that Atheist said, I am certain that many of you will tell me so in the comments, and I welcome that. Uh, If you think that we're wrong on one of these, definitely tell us there too. You can talk to us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash reason the number two doubt, or you can leave us a comment on YouTube or whatever. Uh, We'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on whatever platform you use to listen to us, whether that review is positive or negative, just any, whatever feedback, we're always trying to improve. Um, And so every every bit of feedback is valuable. And things we got coming up, uh, by the time this podcast is out, I'll be, have done a debate with David Pallman on whether there's good reasons to believe in God. Spoiler, there's not. (laughs) There's not, no, not, not that I think so anyway. Uh, and then I'll be on David Neff's channel talking about nuclear power and why it's awesome. And I will not be doing any of those things because I am lazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so next time uh, we'll be back on something non-religious. And until then, remember, you've always got reason to doubt. Peace out.